Hi there, and welcome to another episode of the STEM Everyday Podcast. Welcome to the STEM Everyday Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Chris Woods. Putting STEM into every classroom every day. Hi there, welcome back to this episode of the STEM Everyday Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Chris Woods, and we're trying to find those kinds of educators, those people that are helping bring more science, technology, engineering, and math, that that STEM idea into your classroom, and, and especially in some different ways, maybe than you're used to bringing some of those things into your classroom. And today we get to chat with Eric Iverson. Now, first off, let me say that Eric was back on the show episode number 14. First of all, welcome back to the show, Eric. Thank you, Chris. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm, I'm shocked that it was episode 14 when I think how far you have come. So hats yeah. off to you for your persistence and contributions to the field. Well, I appreciate that. And um, yeah, here about five years later, when we first chatted with Eric, we talked a lot about just engineering in general, how to add some of those pieces to our everyday classroom. But now we get to talk about something new that, that you've been working on. Now, first off, you can find more information about Eric on the website start-engineering.com. And you can find all sorts of great resources that they have. And that's kind of what we're going to chat about is some different things, especially using some workbooks and a cybersecurity guide to get kids interested in finding out what that cybersecurity is really all about. So first off, Eric, what draw you to the idea of cybersecurity? Thanks, Chris. Our journey into cybersecurity was was largely an accidental one. We, uh, you know, we as you as you noted, we had started off in engineering and had produced several books for K twelve audiences, introducing engineering as a career and educational opportunity for kids, and that was fascinating. Engineering, as you know. It is a field with many different dimensions and fields and highways and byways. And yeah. one of the things that we kept encountering as we developed, you know, more sort of detailed grasp of, of, of the engineering landscape was the, the cybersecurity piece. And mm-hmm. we encountered people at meetings and we encountered people in computer science and in computer engineering and software engineering who were starting to, to sort of talk about this in interesting ways. And of course, stories in the news caught our attention. And there were several vectors, if you will, that uh, we followed to, to come up with the idea that, well, cybersecurity is it's a topic of interest. It has you know, high currency in the news there are incredible educational and career opportunities. But what we also recognized, which was key to the formula for us, was an absence of, you know, accessible, engaging materials about cybersecurity that could speak to kids who might not otherwise, you know, consider it as a field. So we think that's our forte, translating some of these somewhat technical or complicated issues into terms that are interesting and appealing to teachers and students. So we, we took cybersecurity on as an area of challenge and, and uh, have had, had a lot of good success with it. Good. Now, I think most teachers probably are, are thinking through cybersecurity and they think, yeah, I've heard things on the news about companies getting hacked. They may have even had their information hacked themselves. They may think about things like digital citizenship. So just a, a student in their classroom thinking about how do they interact with social media and, and the internet in general and the World Wide Web. But cybersecurity kind of takes those things one step further and, and looks at uh, really there's a, there's a problem. And, and maybe that's the first part, you know, why is cybersecurity such a, such a big problem uh, or what maybe is the problem? 
Well, that is an excellent question. You know, I like where you started with that, which was to talk about the individual or, or sort of local dimension to cybersecurity. You know, yeah. we're always sort of struggling with passwords and managing them and remembering oh, them, yeah. and resetting them and, and, and wondering what a good password is, what a bad password is. And, you know, that is kind of an entry point into the world of cybersecurity that I think everybody can identify with. You know, if you think about what the problem is, basically, so, so much of our lives, you know, are now lived online and so much of our transactions and so much of our personal data exists in these networks that we really don't have much control over. And that's even right now. And think about the future when the kids that are in our, our second grade or our seventh grade or even our 10th grade classrooms are out in the world. It's logarithmic expansion. I mean, it is only multiplying at ever accelerating rate. And yeah. there, there's just no getting around it. The, the genie is out of the bottle. It's never going back. We ha- this is the world we live in and we all need to understand what the ramifications are for us. We're not going back to big brick cell phones that, you know, carried around in our bag, in a bag in our car. Okay. Even flip phones. We're not going back to those people. It's, we are, we are pressing on and these kids, oftentimes these kids know so much more about, you know, current technology than, than the teacher in the classroom. It's, you know, there is asymmetry, certainly, in the knowledge. And, and these people coming, kids coming up through school now are truly digital natives. And they speak and breathe the, the language of the Internet. And, and it shapes their brain function and, and formation, literally. So, you know, it's insinuating itself into our lives and our bodies and our brains and our minds and our feelings. And, and it's only going to continue. And so much of who we are is laid out on the internet, exposed to bad actors. Yeah. And that's, that's not something to play around with. So uh, again, we're chatting with Eric Iverson of Start Engineering, and you can find them at start-engineering.com. Uh, and again, you a ton of great resources, including a coloring book just for, uh, to introduce engineering for kids, another one that's kind of Dr. Seuss-like that's called Dream, Invent, Create, and then a, a, an engineering career guide, and then your new one, the cybersecurity career guide. I'm thinking about, we talked about already that this is a problem. And I think everybody agrees that. So, so that's, that means that we've got all these opportunities. And, and so in classrooms right now, teachers are already saying, let's add some coding, let's add some robotics, let's add some of those kind of technological pieces. But there's a huge opportunity if you bring in that aspect of cybersecurity. Cybersecurity is interesting. There's, there's clearly that technical piece. And the way that cybersecurity currently sort of functions within the, the K-12 space is primarily at the high school level. And it's often in a career technical education side or a computer mm-hmm. science side, and it has to do with programming and networks and, and administration systems. Mm-hmm. That is a, a important piece of it. And it's something that, you know, we need people to understand and to be working on. The opportunity in cybersecurity is really extends beyond that, though, and into different topics and different areas where cybersecurity can be integrated into discussions of history and ethics and governance and philosophy and economics and business. All of these things, you know, what we really need is a sort of a campaign for cybersecurity literacy and awareness. And, And that, you know, that is what that's how we frame the issue in the career guide. It's, it's how we frame the issue in our student workbook. And we want to, uh, you know, tease out those connections for people and help them understand all these different dimensions of cybersecurity, education, and career opportunities. And how, you know, it's not just for 
the people who the, the, who really like to code and like to work hardcore on technical issues. That right. knowledge is important, but the things that people in the field really stress are these broader analytical problem-solving teamwork skills and innovative thinking skills. It's people who can see patterns and people who can identify some kind of strange behavior and connect it to something else that's not obviously connected to sort of associational fluency, if you will. Those are the kinds of uh, you know attributes that, that really lead to success in the field. Yeah. And just looking at one of the pages in your cybersecurity student workbook, you've got a bunch of really just kind of interesting questions that kids are supposed to think through. Like, I love this one. Five pieces of coal, a carrot and a scarf are lying on the lawn. Nobody put them on the lawn, but there's a perfectly logical reason why they should be there. What is it? And, and a kid that thinks differently, you know, you have to be able to think creatively. Like you said, that logical reasoning and and trying to think about patterns and think about situations. Um, that's not being geeky or a nerd or sitting in front of a computer screen typing in lines and lines of code. That's just being able to think critically. Yeah. And, and I love, you know, the, the, the question you wrote cracks me up. I, I say it to my kids all the time. I pull out, you know, these kinds of puzzles and I, 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 I in the car, right, I, I shout them back over my shoulder and, and they try to figure them out. And then they, they sometimes they get them. You know, because there's hundreds yeah. of these kinds of questions. And when they get them, you know, they cheer. There's a yeah. roar coming from the backseat of the car. They're like, yeah, <laughs> woo. And it's really fun. Those are just fun, interesting brain teaser kinds of things. But it, it does get to the sort of thinking, of critical thinking ability and problem solving ability that you need to have. And you have to, it has to be pleasurable. It has to be fun for you. Yeah. So a number of different things that are in this, the workbook, uh, for instance, uh, it really focuses on four questions. What is cybersecurity and why should I care? What can I do to stay safer online? Uh, how do I know if I like cybersecurity? And then how do I figure out if a career could be right for me? And, and that's really kind of a great progression because it kind of introduces kids to the situation, to the problem, how to work themselves at being safer and then thinking future-wise. Is it something, and, and I like that's something that, that you guys do a really good job about is, is focusing kids on STEM and careers and thinking about what is the intersections of their interests with those careers that are out there. Well, you know, we, we try to be like the first point of contact for kids in thinking about STEM careers, broadly thinking about engineering, thinking about cybersecurity. Mm -hmm. And all of these fields are so interesting and fascinating because they touch our lives in so many ways. And they're so important to how we live as individuals and as citizens and our society and economy as a whole. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're, they're, they shouldn't be obscure or hard to understand or, or it's sort of thought of as magic. They're things that people make and that they can change and that they can be involved in. You know, and that's our goal with all these publications is to give people that first step into these fields so that they can start to project themselves into the field and see how they can make some changes and use some of this learning to change the world or to make a mark or to, to, to be, you know, find some kind of interesting you know, stimulating career pathway. Uh, yeah. You know, it's open to all sorts of different kinds of learners and all sorts of different kinds of skills. And in fact, I, I like in in the section titled, what can I do to say safer online? And this uh, 1992, the Computer Ethics Institute put forth a set of 10 commandments about how to help a kid really, or anybody yeah. uh, to be safer online with, with their stuff. Thou shalt not use a computer to harm other people. You know, that's good. All sorts of other things. We, so, you know, we, we, we try to give people a general frame and some ways of thinking about stuff, but 
you know, we also want to give people some nuts and bolts, you know, particular technical things. And yeah. one, you know, part of that section it, it involves just thinking and ethics and some, some, some scenarios that people can work through to understand the, the ethical environment. You know, and another part is some nuts and bolts about how to build strong passwords. And oh, there you go. What it, what it means to, to come up with a password that cannot be easily hacked or it's shocking to think about the resources available to bad actors. You know, eight character passwords, lowercase letters and numbers can be hacked in about four minutes. Oh. Um, if you add a special character, it, it takes about 12 minutes. It is just <laughs> not that hard. If you're, if you're not building strong passwords, you're, you're, you're really missing a very easy opportunity to, to, control your safety, uh, you know, online. And it's yeah. something that is simple to do, but it's not well, well understood. And it, yeah. it's something that anybody can learn. Yeah. And one thing that I also like about it, and again, I keep, I keep talking about this stuff, Eric, cause it's, it's really neat. It's, it could form the basis of a curriculum in your classroom or in your school. It could also even just be an entry point to get kids that are interested. Maybe just a couple of kids in your class are interested in taking their things that you've been teaching them about coding or, or programming or computer science just a step further. But one of the things that I like that you, you do in, in the, the workbook is talk about cryptography and, and about making uh, different codes and keys and stuff like that. Um, and just, you know, the, those simple things where you say A is Z and B is Y and you, you kind of flip the alphabet and then to extrapolate that further to, to give kids a, a whole other idea of how things are, are protected online. Yeah. I mean, you can go as far as you want with cryptography. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a history lesson. It goes back to the ancient Romans uh, yep. and, and the way that they tried to communicate with each other. And it has, uh, you know, a piece of all sorts of subsequent, you know, historical operations, military, political kinds of transactions. Um, there is incredible math uh, involved in cryptography. And yep. I'm sure you're familiar with those um, uh, applications. Yep. And it's, it's a great, uh, you know, entryway into some cool math that, you know, gets very quickly beyond what I am able to do. But there, there are all sorts of different directions you can go with any number of these topics related to cybersecurity. And it's, it's an area where teachers can be creative and, and kids can get engaged because it has such immediate relevance to, to, to what's in the news and to what they experience outside of school and to what everybody understands to be such a problem. Yeah. And I think we, we see a lot more uh, teachers saying, I'm going to, I'm going to look for things that are interesting to particular, some of my students, you know, some kids, a lot of kids doing in classrooms, doing passion projects or yeah. you know, those, those Google time projects and getting kids to try something new, something that they're interested in and excited about. Cybersecurity is definitely one of those kinds of things. Now, currently you guys are also working on putting together a middle, middle school curriculum, early stages, right? We're the beginning of, of putting together a middle school curriculum with a full-blown teacher's guide and a set of, you know, exercises that move beyond what's in the workbook. There'll be much more guidance and support for educators and a, and a, and a sort of set of, of different magnitudes that, that people can choose from to fit the available time, whether it's, a, you know, a, a week, uh, four weeks, 16 weeks. You know, we want to make it something that people can adapt to the opportunities that they have. And it's also something that we're, our goal is that it is not something that takes special training. It's not going to take professional development or, or training, something that will be kind of all in one solution. It, you know, it's definitely in the, in the order of how to get started with cybersecurity, but that's a, that's a missing piece right now. There's just almost nothing in the field that 
allows people to take steps, you know, one, two, and three in the field to, to introduce it to students and to get them thinking about it because, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an opportunity that, that is going to be interesting to, to kids who might not otherwise think about it. And we, we want to give people the tools to tell them that story, uh, tell the students that story, and let them, you know, make an informed decision about, you know, pursuing further opportunities or, or not, but at least having some level of literacy uh, yeah. in the area. So Eric, again, we're chatting with Eric Iverson of Start Engineering. And whether you have kids in your classroom that are really interested in things like this or, or whether they're interested in other things, they're still going to be faced with these issues as they move forward. And, and the more that we can, we can look for ways to, to prepare them, even like you said, as simple as teaching kids how to have a good password. Even just remembering those passwords is hard enough for, for most kids in our classes. And some days we're just struggling to try to get every kid to remember their password to log in. And, but to get kids to be able to move to, to some of those aspects, that's, that's just a great opportunity to use it. Like you said, a current problem. It shows up in the news all the time. Even if we're not comfortable with it ourselves, educators, these are still some things that are really important for our kids. And we should be taking the opportunity to try to find ways to engage them with that. It's a need, and there's ways for almost you know any subject matter teacher to to find a connection with cybersecurity, and you know the the, the workbook gives a lot of avenues of approach uh, for people to think about for people to make a connection. It's something that you know you hear from from policymakers at the federal level and and, and state level, and and certainly you know people in charge of hiring and, and, and looking for the next generation to come into the field. You know, they, they talk about how, how, how the field needs to go broad, needs to go wide more than it needs to go deep. And the, it's an ecosystem. And, and there's a whole a sort of a, a whole organization, you know, mentality that people need to bring to the question of cybersecurity and whether that's a school district. And, and as a side note, K-12 school districts are under serious uh, threat from, you know, bad actors in the cyberspace. Yeah. They typically have antiquated systems, easy to hack, easy to get into. And of course they have the whole, the holy, it's unfortunately sad to say the holy grail for many people in on the dark side of the internet is PII, personally identifiable information about kids. Yeah. So, so schools need to be serious minded about this because uh, it's a real weak space uh, in the, in the field. Yeah. Well, a couple other quick questions here for you, Eric, and then we'll let you get going. And again, thank you for, for sharing and getting some of us educators to think about how important, how valuable it is for us to be thinking through cybersecurity and what that means, not only in, in our lives, in our classrooms, in our schools, but uh, in the lives of our kids as they move forward. Do you hope that STEM education continues to, to draw in some of these career pieces in the future? Is that if you could pick the, the future of, of STEM education? Uh, you know, I, th th there's, there's, I, what I see is a kind of a false distinction between the, like the workforce emphasis that people bring to discussions about STEM education and then the kind of academic focus on STEM education where, where it's the sort of pursuit of, of subject matter expertise for its, its own sake. The beauty of STEM and the thing that's so captivating to me about it is the mm -hmm. cross-disciplinary -dis nature of the learning and, and the activity. It, it is it requires you to exercise so many different muscles in your brain, both sort of to do with technical content knowledge, as well as the teamwork and the communications and the imagination and the organizational skills required to, to put together a STEM project. There's a sort of democratizing opportunity in STEM when you approach it through a problem-based or inquiry-based learning um, kind of angle. 
in which the, the teachers and the students are constructing knowledge and constructing meaning. You know, there's such liberating, incredibly exciting, engaging um, opportunities in STEM, which, by the way, are exactly what people need in their jobs. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it, it's the same thing. And, yeah. and, and hiring executives say that they can't find, you know, people who can write and think clearly and who can conceptualize a project from start to finish. It's the same thing. Yeah. It's, if we follow through on this project of STEM integration, which, which you have been championing for years, and, and again, you know, it's, it's great to have people like you out there, you know, just doing the work every, every, every day. And, and we're trying to do our part too. But, you know, I think that's where we can go with this. It's just really inspiring to see yeah. this sort of imaginative, creative things that people are doing, which have these wonderful carryover benefits for people as they go out and become citizens and members of the workforce and pursue their own, you know, learning and professional journeys. Yeah. And just so everybody knows, I think, I think it's kind of interesting that Eric has a PhD in comparative literature and a, and a bachelor's of arts in English. So you're not like coming at this from being some cybersecurity expert or an engineering expert. You understand the need for all those cross-disciplinary connections, like you said. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just endlessly interesting to me. And I've, I've you know, I've always had a side that, uh, you know, I, my, my humanity side is what, what got prominence in my schooling. But I've always been interested in technology and and the social issues underlying the use and, and development of technologies. And so that is, you know, what brought me into the engineering and technology and, and broader STEM fields. I, and I'll, I'll give a shout out to my parents who are both, you know, STEM professionals, you know, professor of statistics and then a sociologist. Um, wow. So you know, I, I come from a background where all these things just were sort of overlaid and, and interleaved and, and filtered through one another. It's, it's, a, it's a fascinating kind of a, a picture. Yeah. And again, uh, like you were talking about earlier, the, the idea of cybersecurity draws in those ideas of ethics and philosophy and history and current events and all those other aspects that, that a lot of people don't consider first thought when they think of STEM. So, yes, all those things, happen, they're there. It's all there. And, and it's just up to, you know, how, how creative and imaginative you can be as an educator uh, yep. to make those connections and to, to tell them to your students. And the kids will appreciate that. Last question for you, Eric. If you could have dinner with somebody from STEM, past or present, uh, who would you love to just sit down and, and chat with? Oh, boy. That is a great question. You know, I, I, you, you set the stage for my answer when you mentioned my own, my own uh, literature background because I think that I would, I would choose Harold Varmus. He was the director of the National Institutes of Health and he was a, as an English major at Harvard as an undergraduate, ended up in medical school and made a name for himself in cancer research and was a Nobel Prize winner, in fact. And he then went on to an incredible career in Washington, D.C. at the National Institutes of Health and has an incredible record, you know, working with, for both uh, President Clinton and President Obama doing work in the policy arena. So he mixes so many different areas of, of expertise and interest from the sort of humanities and the broader cultural context to medicine and science and policy and politics and, and government. And he's just been effective in all those arenas. And uh, I'd, love to, I'd love to hear what he's learned from that and, and yeah. how those have you know, shaped his view of the present and, and the future. And then and his, his view looking forward, I think would be fascinating to, to hear, especially after the first or second or third glass of wine. <laughs> All right. And that was Harold, what was his last name? Harold Varmus, V-A-R-M-U-S. 
All right. Harold Varmus. Everybody needs to go look up Harold Varmus right now. Brilliant guy. You, you, you need to learn more about him. And uh, Harold, if you're listening, uh, Eric would love to, to sit down and chat with you. So I'm available. Uh, anytime. All right. Any other last thoughts, Eric, before we go? I appreciate the time, Chris. The last thing I'll say is that one of the, you know, we, we are an educational publisher. Another thing that we've got into is sort of de facto consulting work. And, and we've thought through a lot of questions with, that school districts have had about how to implement and use these books and yep. uh, how, to, how to get them into the hands of the students that they want to with some sort of funding strategies and, and distribution strategies. So, uh, you know, we're sort of a full service uh, partner. We want to be a partner. Right. It's because it's your school... If your school can't maybe afford, you know, these extra books or um, materials and things like that, they can help you figure out a way for a company or organization or foundation maybe to fund those. And a lot of local businesses or, or organizations and stuff, something like this is, is a great publicity aspect for them to be able to get uh, kids in a local area to be able to think through something important like cybersecurity or engineering or the other types of resources that you guys have. Yeah, let me, I'll just, I'll just say, for example, we, we just completed a really exciting campaign with a group in Delaware called FAME, which is a, a STEM program oriented towards minorities. And uh, we worked with them to, to identify funders to distribute 5,000 copies of our cybersecurity career guide to the Girl Scouts, every Girl wow. Scout in the state of Delaware. Um, wow. So that's a, that's been a great partnership. We're very proud of that. And fame in Wilmington, Delaware has been a great partner of ours. And uh, so, you know, that's an example of the kind of thing that we are you know, interested in doing. We want to be partners with educational organizations, not just uh, yeah. sort of a drive-by vendor. Yeah, that's awesome. And just thinking through, just thinking how many how many kids you're influencing that are, they're really future leaders when you, when you are able to provide resources for a bunch of Girl Scouts, uh, thinking through what a great organization that is as well. So Eric, again, it's been great chatting with Eric Iverson from start-engineering.com. You can find all the great resources and um, thanks again for just for, for sharing all your, all your wisdom and insight, Eric, you're just truly a, a exceptional guy uh, with, with a ton of great information for educators. Thank you so much, Chris. It's a, a pleasure to be with you. And again, thanks for listening to this episode of the STEM Everyday Podcast. Remember, you can also listen to Eric's previous episode, number 14. Uh, you can subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app or find me on Twitter at DailyStem or DailyStem.com. And we'll talk to you again next time. You're listening to this podcast on the ESDAC Broadcasting Network. To find more information about this or other podcast shows, please visit RemarkableChatter.com. Thank <laughs> you.